0: Hey everybody, Josh Neighbors here at Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Joining us today, Derek Johnson, the host of the Locked On Jayhawks Podcast covering all things KU. This is our look back at the Kansas football season that was a good season that ended in somewhat disappointment, question mark, uh, but a successful season, obviously, overall, a whole lot to get into when it comes to Kansas, their commitment to football moving forward in the new and changing Big 12 Conference. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast, joined today by Derek Johnson of Locked On Jayhawks. Make sure you guys subscribe to both channels, wherever you all get your podcast, and on YouTube as well. You guys can fire him, follow him, don't fire him, follow him on Twitter. At D Johnson radio, Derek, thanks for coming on. I know you are in the throes of college basketball season, but, but we, uh, we need to take a look back and look at the season that was for Kansas that ended on really what was an amazing game, uh, against Arkansas at the Liberty bowl. Right. I mean, what a fun, well, fun uh, back and forth is the wrong way. It was back and forth in the end. Uh, it was kind of back then forth then back and forth if you will but uh what a compelling end to a very compelling season for kansas
1: yeah and i think you saw everything in that last game that kind of was the kansas season this year uh explosive offense at times Jalen daniels looking really good for this team defensively at at times kind of looked like teams were just you know slicing through them like a knife through butter and in the end, you, you came up with uh, a, a very competitive game that, I mean, you you just kind of fought every game. Even in past games you had this year, like against Baylor, you get down 28-3, to and then all of a sudden it's a one-score game with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Just kind of showing that fight that you, resilience that you showed all year long. I think it was kind of indicative of, of how the season went for Kansas.
0: Competitive. That's the key word, right? Competitive. And I know Lance Leipold has really been uh, kind of on the on the path of no moral victories. That's not something he wants to hear. But while you consider that, um, this this program it took more than one step forward this year in, in several areas. Uh, you know, it was kind of like two or three rungs up the ladder. And that was the big key. I think you mentioned like you just you look at the wins, six wins. Yes, 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 yes. But the losses, right, TCU loss was a, I mean, that was a back-and-forth war. What a great game that was. Um, the Oklahoma game, right? I mean, the, you know, they get the big stop around halftime, and that thing's a game, and they're kind of still in that thing late. The Baylor game, like you mentioned, right? There just weren't many times where this team rolled over like Kansas teams had in the past, I and mean, a lot of that was coaching. And also personnel. This, I think that's the one part of this we have to talk about is that their personnel, while they've got a lo- they've got a long way to go in that department, was better than they had in year years past, for sure. And I think because of that, that is what allowed them to stay in and win as many games as they did.
1: Yeah, they definitely need even more depth on the defensive side of the ball. I think we really saw that impact at the end of the Arkansas game, where, I mean, they, they- ran six plays. If you count the two point conversions, they scored on four of them. Like clearly you were gassed at the end there. Uh, but yeah, defensively, even they they, they did get a lot better with with the two deep and, and the depth they had. And um, you just look at some of the dudes they had, whether it was guys that they added with the transfer portal, Lonnie Phelps on the defensive side of the ball, like Craig Young on that end of the ball, or guys that were kind of holdovers from the Les Miles regime that, you know, this staff either put in the proper position or the players just got to that point, whether they were going to get there with the previous regime or this regime. Uh, we know this staff has has done in the past a great job of developing players. And uh, there were comments from players like over the past couple of seasons about how, yeah, in past years with the Miles regime, like there weren't any um, mandatory weightlifting times. But with this staff, there is. So it's just like those small things that lead to player development. and. You know, when you see a guy like Jalen Daniels have this unbelievable season, when you see a guy like Kobe Bryant be a All-Big 12 first-team corner, yes, those players were brought on with a different regime with different coaches, but I think you have to give this staff credit and how they've kind of developed them and guys like Andy Kotelnicki, the offensive coordinator, and how they've put them in the proper situations to really succeed this year.
0: And I, let's, let's talk about the, the coaching staff. I will say I think Kansas got pretty lucky because – Um, with, with the way modern college football works, it is hard to retain guys unless you've already shown in the past that you have made some commitments to football, right? Like Kansas really hadn't made any, I mean, we hear about these big games they had this year and the kind of, you know, needing to bring in outside resources to make sure the stadium atmosphere and the stadium experience would be up to snuff, right? And, you know, there was a period of time, I think, especially after the Nebraska job became open, that, um, you know, we had to start thinking about, all right, this will not be the only job that opens. What does it look like for KU to keep Lance Leipold? And Lance Leipold, luckily for them, is the kind of guy that was like, you know, I I will wait for these things to get built, right? You have to commit them to me but I will sit here and wait for them to get built. I will sign the extension. We'll get the pay raises for the assistance. We'll commit the money to building new facilities. And I will stay through all of that as opposed to being like, "Ah, am I going to wait for this stuff all to get built? He has said yes. Some of the staff has said yes, particularly Andy Koltanicki, which is huge. Um, So talk about really what, what that has meant. The fact that they kind of lucked in the situation where they don't have a coach who's, got eyes for other places when they obviously could after a 6-win year at KU. Yeah, I mean it's it's funny
1: because there's that constant battle um when you're a program like Kansas of hey if if we're becoming a school where everybody's trying to poach our coach like isn't that technically a good thing but also yeah you'd prefer just have the guy stick around with that program and and it was kind of unfortunate this year that Kansas finally gets back to a bowl game for the first time in 14 years and boom of course that happens and the two jobs that would make the most sense for Lance Leipold of being his I guess quote-unquote like dream jobs like he got his his graduate assistant start at Wisconsin that opens up he right. has all these ties with his wife and his past coaching career in the Nebraska area Nebraska opens up it's like of course those things happen to open up in the same year um but yeah I mean it, it, you kind of just work out that you get there, but I, I think there's also a credit to the boosters for, for putting that commitment in place with committing to the stadium renovations and you know having all those things line up, and and I think uh, as big of a part as, as any in this is that, and this was written in the contract with Lance Leipold, it's not just about the assistance and the facility upgrades, it's about the, and how much he's getting paid, it's about the NIL money. How mm-hmm. much are they going to be willing to invest with NIL in the football players because if you're a coach and you're trying to work the transfer portal and high school recruits and kids are asking well what can i get with the nil uh situation or you have current players that you're just trying to i mean Jalen daniels signed a, a nil deal with adidas and You know, I I don't know how much like truth there ever was to any of this. I think it might just be kind of fan panic happening, but uh, there was talk for several weeks about, oh, would Jalen consider entering the portal and seeing a huge sum of money come his way? Uh, He's originally from Los Angeles. Would he go to UCLA after? They are, are we're going to be graduating Dorian Thompson Robinson before they added a different transfer quarterback and just little, little snippets like that. Not that that was ever going to be a thing that happened. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but you see something like that. And, and I know Adidas signing an NIL deal is, is different than like a booster giving one out, but, um, those are going to be important as anything for Kansas because as much as bringing in players with that's going to be key, it's going to be retaining the guys you have that you have developed that's going to be important for this program. So that was as key as anything there for, for Kansas, and the boosters seem to show commitment there. So uh, we'll see how that goes over the next couple of years, but tip of the cap to them for, for kind of being committed there.
0: Quick break in the action to let you all know that today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you all by Bet BetOnline and BetOnline.net. Right now at Bet Online, guys, you can find odds for college hoops, for uh, racing, uh, horses and vehicles, boxing, MMA, NHL, NBA, and oh yeah, the NFL playoffs begin this weekend. Super Wild Card Weekend is here, and you guys can bet on it at BetOnline and betonline.net. And also, guys, you can bet on a couple Big 12 quarterbacks. Skyler Thompson obviously playing. Uh, you guys can bet on uh um Brock Purdy obviously as well. Geno Smith, technically, you know, you can say he's a Big 12 quarterback, right? Played at West Virginia. You can throw him into the mix. But you guys can get it all at betonline and betonline.net today. Betonline, it is where the game starts. And, and this team really I think the best part about this team this year was the offense, right? That was that was the fu- that was part of the team that was Um, A lot of fun to watch. I think regardless of who who was playing quarterback, you know, I know, look, sure at peak efficiency, when this thing is at its best, it was Jalen Daniels, right? That was kind of the, that was kind of the best version of this with the running and and the throwing that he was able to do. Um, And I, I thought just Andy Kotelnicki with the creativity too, like, there were a lot of times, I know the last play of the game, people were upset about what we saw with Jason Bean, obviously, and Roland Wright and Lance Leipold said, look, we're out of plays, like which makes sense, right? You, don't, you only have so many plays that you can drill. I mean, there's a lot in the playbook that the players have to nail down. Uh, you, you don't want to bog them down with like 12 two-point plays. It's just kind of a waste of time to do that. Um, but we saw more than once the two quarterback packages, You know the way they pull guys, a lot of the RPO stuff that they did. Just incredibly creative a fun offense um, that really got the most out of its players and, you know, sometimes slow starters, right. But uh, once they kind of got things into gear, it was a fun offense to watch. Then also an offense that was still really good, even with the backup quarterback all year. I think it's a credit to coaching I think it's a credit to continuity and how all these, you know, these guys plays. I mean, I mean, we were never, I was never previewing games talking about, well, you know, Uh, You know, it's not going to, this game will not be about, hey, does Kansas' offense score enough points? The answer was usually yes, in that category is more about the defense. But the offense, fantastic to watch all year long. Obviously, they've struck a couple guys, but, like, it was not a bad offense when Jason Bean was in there.
1: No, it wasn't. I mean, they they really were well-balanced kind of throughout the slate. Now, Jalen better than Jason Bean. But, yeah, Jason Bean is about as good of a backup quarterback as you could have had. I mean, we saw other teams in the Big 12 have to go to their backup, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma – and that did not look pretty. So Kansas was very fortunate to have that. And they're going to be missing that next year and, and looking for someone to kind of step into that role. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look across the board, Andy Kotelnicki did a great job designing this offense. That that was something that was such a, a I guess, calling card when they they hired this staff. It, it was that they're going to be, I don't know, uh, adjustable. They're going to be kind of like an amoeba to to figure out whatever this this Kansas roster was. Uh, The talk was that, yeah, when they were at Buffalo and they had Tyree Jackson, who ended up being an NFL quarterback, they led the Mac in passing his like last year or last two years. And then once he, he left for the NFL draft early. And they have these really good running backs like Jarrett Patterson, and they don't have as much talent in the passing game. They adjusted the offense and they switched it over. And then all of a sudden the next two years, instead of being number one in passing, they're number one in rushing in the max. So they were, they were able to change. And I think that's always a good sign of a good coach. Like you, you stick to your core fundamentals and principles, but you have to be able to adjust to what talent you have to, to kind of take advantage of the players. And, and I think they did a great job. I think, Uh, offensive line coach Scott Fuchs did a phenomenal job uh, really developing these offensive linemen and what you got from Dominic Pooney a transfer from D2 this year was fantastic for them the receivers I think were the most underrated unit you had on the team I, I haven't checked after the bowl game but coming into the bowl games Kansas ranked fourth in the entire country on pro football focus in receiving grade this year uh, the receiving group didn't have any guys that, like, stood out and jumped off the page, individual numbers, but that's just because they had kind of a balanced offense throwing it around. Like, Lawrence Arnold and Luke Grimm were dudes. The tight end group was I, – I, I'm being dead serious. I think the tight end group is going to be top ten in the country next year. Um, you look at Mason Fairchild, he was an all-Big 12 tight end. I think he has a pro future to him. He'll be coming back. Uh, Jared Casey was fantastic in kind of that H-back tight end role. He is such a good blocker, too. You have some other guys that you brought in from the JUCO ranks or that uh, the, the staff seems to be high on that are developing behind him. They just added uh, one of the top recruits in Kansas and Jaden Ham at the tight end group. Like, I'm really excited what that group can be. And then, yeah, uh, you have really good running backs behind it with Devin Neal and Kai Thomas transferring away, but he was a talented kid. Savion Morrison, Daniel Highshaw till he got hurt. So it, it was just a well-balanced, well-oiled machine on offense. And no matter which QB you stuck in there, you were going to be able to make it go. But, yeah, it, it kind of raised to – uh, I think the biggest difference between Jalen Daniels and Jason Bean, it was just the, the floor was raised with Jalen in there. Right. Both guys showed a really high ceiling, but Jalen was a little better at, at making the consistent plays, making the short passes, uh, reading the defense on read option. Like Kansas wasn't really able to do the triple option with Jason Bean because he wasn't really as good at, at reading the option. But yeah, you were, you were pretty blessed and fortunate to have two legit starting quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, I mean, you and I haven't talked about it too. Like Jason Bean... Not as like bendable of a runner, right? Like, I mean, I'm probably in a foot race. I guess everybody, I don't really saw like probably faster, right? Than Jalen. Jason Bean
1: is in a foot race, the fastest kid on the team. Weirdly enough,
0: right? But like, Mm -hmm. when you watch them, it's this is a weird thing to say. When you watch them run, you'd rather have run the football. You'd rather have Jalen Daniels, especially if you're going to run read option, because a lot of that is like it. It is not ball out running back clears a gap run. Like it's not really how it works. Right. There, there is a, a lot of it is I have this guy one-on-one. How do I get around him? And oftentimes like straight line speed is not the, not the way that you do it. Right. So that's why kind of Jalen Daniels is the better uh, is the better runner for a situation, you know, like that. Um, Bring him back. Right. I mean, this, this is a, I know we tell you that the Heisman stuff was really interesting early on, but like, this is a really special player. This is a very special player. They're bringing back quarterback.
1: Yes. Um I, it, it's still funny because we don't know how true, like the Heisman stuff was, but right. Let's just say, cause Kansas is going to have, I guess we never know with the transfer portal at this point, but uh, on paper, they should have 17 starters back between both sides of ball, offense defense. And that doesn't even account for guys like I mentioned, Jared Casey or Daniel Highshaw, who played kind of a starter's role, but didn't actually count as a starter. So they're going to have a lot of players back. We'll see what the schedule looks like. We still don't know how that's going to work out with the Big 12. Kansas is a six-win team that that comes back from that. I don't think the expectation Like – I'm assuming that Vegas is going to set the over-under around, I don't know, five-and-a-half, wins, something like that, that if they have a seven-win season, I think that would be a success. You would improve whatever. But it's not like out of the realm of possibility that a six-win team that brings back 17 starters, if the schedule breaks right for them, maybe they could win eight or nine games. And if they do, and Jalen has as good of a season as you think – why wouldn't he be in the Heisman conversation? And, and I think the, the Arkansas game and the bowl game was a good reminder of that the first half a little shaky. He had those two bad interceptions. It was like, eh, what's going on here? And then the second half in the overtime, I think that was the biggest takeaway for me from the bowl game that he looked like that guy again. Right. I mean, he was insane. I, I, I forget the exact stats. I think it was like 23. It was over 500 yard. yards
0: of passing, right? I mean, well, I just mean in the, the second game. half. In the second yeah, half. And, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was, I think, 23-35, over 300 yards. You had three touchdowns passing, another rushing touchdown, no interceptions. And, yeah, the Arkansas defense isn't, you know, one of the better defenses in the country. But, man, that was such a good reminder of what this kid can be. He He's really special. I think the biggest thing you just go into next year is you say, can he stay healthy? We obviously saw the injury this year. He got injured in his true freshman season in 2020 he got injured in the kind of training camp of 2021 that uh kind of took him out of the race and allowed for Jason Bean to to win the job so that's going to be the biggest question can he stay healthy in 2023 but otherwise I mean the talent on this kid is is something special
0: on defense so I think for them obviously you have to like this is the big difference right depth 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 you already talked about depth like that's that honestly people think a lot of this is like on, on its face is talent. It's, it's not talent does not normally outright just talent win. it's like, you have to have multiple people at a position because normally not all 22 guys are going to make it through a season. Basically never. Right. And sometimes it's a lot of those guys. And the big question is, do you have that? And like making sure the drop-off is not that big while they weren't winning many games with Jason Bean in there, you mentioned, this has been a huge talking point across the whole conference. Look at the teams that did well. Will Howard, quarterback, Kansas State, obviously, backup. Uh Max Duggan, the ost- you know, ostensible backup for the TCU, obviously, start the season. Jason Bean, they were competitive. You know, I, you could argue, hey, the reason why KU got to win number six was because Garrett Rangel is out. Now I'm not discounting the win, but like you know, it shows that they should have more depth there. But the same reason they were competitive with Baylor, same reason competitive with OU, so on and so forth. Right. So this now applies to the defensive side. They need to build more depth. And I think this this defense is not going to get very good overnight, but the one thing they can do is be like an old school Big Twelve defense, and just give a recent example like TCU was in their game against Michigan. Maybe they'll give it up some, but they'll force some turnovers. And then when they do give it up, that's that's the thing they do well: they force the turnovers, they put their they score points maybe, and mostly put their offense in better positions. That's kind of the key to success, I think, for this KU defense, because once a couple knocks started to get in there, and I think we saw it in the TCU game. Things really began to kind of get sideways for the defense.
1: Yeah. And honestly, looking back, I'm, I'm like, how did they only give up 38 to TCU after right. what they just did to Michigan? But Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird spot with the defense because you're looking at, I mean, they improved by like a touchdown from last year, which yes seemed like a reasonable, strong improvement before the season. If you're like, they're going to improve by a touchdown, you'd be like, OK, uh, that's going the right way. But, you know, the way the season finishes and it, not just in the Arkansas game where you give up, you know, 55 points, but really down the stretch with Kansas State and Texas Tech and Texas that you can't stop anyone it just it feels like you're left with a sour taste in your mouth there I I think you're 100% right and I think TCU was in kind of a similar spot I think they had given up about 35 points per game last season before they came into this year And, and that's what Kansas has given up and uh, if everybody comes back that you're expecting to, like Lonnie Phelps could be a game changer, Kobe Bryant on the outside. The secondary could be pretty good. Kobe Bryant, all big 12 first team corner. He'll be a junior next year. Kenny Logan coming back for his uh, extra season with the COVID year. He's a former all big 12 first teamer. Uh, OJ Burroughs and, and Marvin Grant. I thought Burroughs had a really good year. He was the, the bowl game defensive MVP for Kansas. Grant, former starter with with Purdue, and then uh, Melo Dotson started all the the games this year. That could be your strength of the defense. They still have to sure up linebacker. That went from being one of the worst positions in Power Five uh, in twenty twenty one to this year was better, but probably still the worst linebacker unit in the Big Twelve. And they have to add depth there too. And so, yeah, it's it's can they add that depth to you know survive the fourth quarters a little bit more? Because what you said with like basically when other teams got going, it was an avalanche and you couldn't stop it. So surviving till that fourth quarter, having guys who are more fresh, that's going to be of, of pivotal importance surviving to the end of the season. So if they can, yeah, if they, if they can just be better at, at forcing turnovers and just making kind of chaotic plays, even if they're not a good defense, if they can just be one that's opportunistic, that's really the difference for them. And and yeah, adding that depth would, would certainly help them kind of bear over the course of the season. And, and I think, that's going to be the biggest part of, of the transfer portal here to try to show
0: that up. And they have playmakers too. That's the big thing is like they have guys who are playmakers on defense. Uh, all right, Derek, appreciate you, man. Where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Well, you
1: can give me a follow on Twitter at D Radio. I post kind of everything on there. So that's probably the easiest way to do it. But obviously, with Locked On Jayhawks, you can uh, tune in, subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get your podcast on YouTube. And you can also hear me uh, on Rock Chalk Sports Talk on radio in uh, Lawrence from three to six, Monday through Friday.
0: Derek Johnson, the host of Locked On Jayhawks. Appreciate your time, man.
1: Yep, absolutely.